0: Welcome to the Fans Edge Sports Talk Podcast, hosted by Mike and Essex. We want to give listeners a fresh take on all things sports. We are professionals. We are fans, just like you. Make sure you subscribe to this show and that you hit that like button for us. Smash that. And also make sure that you're following us on all of our social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube as well. man there's just a lot of stuff going on in uh in football world and i mean you know there's some things going on in basketball world as well but we'll get into that because i'm i'm one who i can't fully get into basketball until i actually know that football season is over and the crazy part is to remember that there will be some spring football this year as well so i mean it, I'm more of a football guy. It is what it is. But we will get into basketball later on. Um, Arkansas, for what? The longest time ever, finally goes ahead and makes makes it to a bowl game with having a losing record. If this was a regular season, this would not be happening at all. But it's not a regular season. So, you know, we do what we can. And... In our state of the Arkansas, we have Arkansas versus TCU Thursday, 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. TCU is coming in at a five and a half favorite with the over-under set at 58. Um, You know, I told you guys, we are not going to go ahead and give you all our picks. We're just not going to do that, you know. We're going to post them on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. So if you are one of our picks, make sure you are following us on all of those social media platforms. That's where we're going to be. But I do like this matchup. And, you know, TCU coming in at a a five-and-a-half favorite, I mean, Vegas knows what they're talking about. But, I mean, does Arkansas have a chance in this game? I'm going to say yes. What do you think, Essex?
1: Most definitely. I believe Arkansas definitely has a chance they could potentially win this game. It just depends on how they come out. And I believe since it's going to be their first bowl game, I mean, to a lot of us, bowl games really don't. I'm not going to say that don't mean much, but, you know, we've had to talk and I've said it multiple times. If it ain't if it ain't the college football playoffs, if it ain't one of them bowl games, not truly like I care, but it doesn't mean as much to me. But I feel like Arkansas being able to get a, a taste of that again and know what it's like to play in a postseason game. I feel like the younger players will love that and it'll set a new standard and a new like way to go about it at Arkansas. So we'll just have to see. But I do love the matchup.
0: Now remember, Essex is an SEC fan. And you know, they like to always say that bowl games don't matter unless the SEC is winning. And that's basically, to me, the truth. Call me old-fashioned or whatever, but I think that bowl games matter. And I'm going to tell you why this bowl game matters for Arkansas. This is going to set the tone. This is going to set the precedent for the Arkansas football program. If you have recruits, you know, we had early uh National Signing Day. Now, you got National Signing Day coming up. I want to say in February, and if you have some recruits that are on the fence, you know, um, what you what you have to do is you have to come out and win this game. You talk about, you know, the program prestige. You talk about the conference prestige. Uh, can the SEC go ahead and dominate a Big 12 opponent like they are supposed to? And this is something that you could sell, you know, hey – You know, even with a losing record, we came out in the bowl game and we still got it done. And I think that Sam Pittman and them, they might be able to get this done and, like I said, go ahead and set the precedent for their program. But, you know, the Heisman finalists came out and, you know, my my boy Justin Fields came out in seventh. It is what it is. But let's go ahead and talk about the top four. And you're talking about Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, Kyle Trask, quarterback from uh, uh, Florida, and Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. And I'll tell you this. um, I think that this award should go to Devontae Smith, man. You know, we continue to see this go to, you know, a quarterback all the time. Every once in a while it goes to a running back. And I want to see it go to a wide receiver. I mean, I know Mac Jones has been having a great year and all of that. And to be honest, I think that he might end up winning it. Uh, I told you guys earlier in some of our shows, I thought that it was going to be Kyle Trask. Straight up, I thought it was going to be Kyle Trask. But he has three losses under his belt. And one thing that the, the playoff committee, is it three or two? Am I wrong? It's three, but no, continue, yeah. continue. He got three losses under his belt. And the thing is, is when you're talking about uh people who vote for the Heisman, they want to see how you play in those big games. How do you do in those big games? Do you win those big games? And he hasn't done it. You're talking about a, a ranked Texas A&M team. He came out flat, lost that game. Uh, You're talking about the Alabama game and SEC championship. Uh, started off flat, but it, it became a battle. But he still lost his big game, and then lose it to a Rudy Poole LSU team. Uh, I think that that just put him completely out. But Devonte Smith has been consistent. Uh, making big plays. You talking about turning, you know, ten yard passes into like sixty yard games. I mean, why not? Why not this guy?
1: I mean, you're right. I have I'd have no problem with Devontae Smith winning. The only reason I looked at you the way I looked at you when you said I thought Kyle Trash was gonna take it, but he has three losses. I mean, we can look back, it's multiple Heisman winners with multiple losses.
0: Lamar I mean, Jackson.
1: Yeah. Lamar Jackson, RG3. Uh I I saw a list, I could name some more, but I just can't remember off the top of my head. But I was, trust me, you know more than anybody, I was right along with you for Kyle Trask to get the Heisman. But now after, not because we have three losses, but just the way that he looked in those three losses, I was just like, it ain't no way you don't, I feel like you don't deserve it. And that's coming from a homer who has been rocking with you for a while. I feel like he don't really deserve it. Devontae Smith, like I said, I'd be perfectly fine with it because he's out here breaking all types of records. Also, like you said, we see it go to a quarterback every time and then every now and then a a running back. Trevor Lawrence, like I said before, if he ain't got it now, why give it to him? And then Mac Jones, I just feel like I I would – I'm not going to say I wouldn't be upset if he won it, but I can understand why he would win it. Yeah.
0: But I feel like
1: Devontae Smith deserved it more than anybody else.
0: Now you know, Dabo. You might as well just call Dabo a politician. He' been coming out saying, "Hey, Trevor Lawrence should win it." You know, he should have won it his first year. Should have won it his second year, and everything. You know, now it's third year. And to be honest, I just I don't I don't see that it factor uh, from Trevor Lawrence. Um, you, I mean, really, what big games have they played? The one big game that we were hoping that he played in he didn't get a chance to play. And I, and I am of the saying, I believe I said it, if Trevor Lawrence had played in that game against Notre Dame, I don't believe that Notre Dame would have had won that game. But the backup still had an amazing game. Let's not act like he didn't have a great game. And I think that Clemson is going to be perfectly fine at the quarterback position for years to come. But I just don't, I don't know, man. I it, well, When you're talking about just Winning games and the way you're winning games, Alabama has done that. And I mean, to me, it just comes down to Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, you know, those crappy teams, they handled them. I mean, we saw Clemson, you know, almost getting a fight with Boston College, you know, with a with a fresh brand new head coach. So I mean, I can't give it to Trevor Lawrence, you know. Uh, definitely will be the number one um, number one player and quarterback taken in the draft. Don't blame him. I'm probably going to go to Jacksonville because, you know, the Jets just helped me out uh, shutting up Cleveland Browns fans. We'll get into that topic later. <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on to uh, our New Year's Six bowl games, man. There's some amazing bowl games going on. And again, we will not be giving our picks out on this show. Uh, so you will have to check back later, like I said, on our social media platforms. Um, let's go ahead and start off with your Florida Gators vs. Uh, Oklahoma. Wednesday, 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Florida comes in as a two-and-a-half favorite with the over-under set at 68-and-a-half. I apologize for that, people. I need to put take my ring, off. Um, but I mean, I feel like, you know, Florida would probably be favored a little bit more if Kyle Pitts was still on the team and Oklahoma's defense right now is soaring. They're looking good. You're talking about a Spencer Rattler looking good. I mean, and then you got Florida players that just want all the smoke. I'm talking about all of it. Talking trash. Like. Oklahoma don't even belong in the same atmosphere as us. What? What? You're talking about a team that's known for going to the playoffs. Yeah, they might get embarrassed, but they go to the playoffs.
1: I feel you. I mean, shout out shout out to James Houston because he was the one that said what he said. If you don't know what he said, just go check it out. But, I mean, I love it because that's, that's what we call the Gator standard. Like, we know we – like Steve Spurrier, Urban Meyer, they spoiled us, they had us out there. We <laughs> we we dubbing, we dubbing people by at least two touchdowns. So we that's I'm I'm glad that we're getting back to feeling the players are getting back to feeling like that. I do feel like it's gonna be a very interesting and close game. I mean, it kind of upsets me when people are like, Oh, Kyle Pitts isn't playing, so this and that, this and that. Yes. Kyle Pitts, a.k.a. Checkmate, because, I mean, can't nobody – you can't defend him. You can't – he is a mismatch wherever you decide to put him. Yes, he's not playing, but you have to also understand we have a plethora of people that can get the job done if we come out there and play the way we're supposed to play. Did we play how we were supposed to play against LSU? No, not at all. Did we play how we were supposed to play against Alabama in the second half? Yes. And, I mean, I could say we, we played a pretty good game against Alabama but I'm thinking it's going to be a close game. I know, like you said, Oklahoma's defense is surging right now, but you got to think at the same time, we have an offense that at least at Florida, we haven't seen numbers like this in years. So, and then potentially we don't, I mean, at least I don't. And, you know, I usually have it, the the information and let, you know, with anything when it comes to Florida, I mean, I don't even know if Kyle going to play. I mean, Of course, I don't know if Kyle Trask is going to play. And that kind of, I'm not saying he won't, but I'm saying we haven't heard news on if he's going to play or if he's not. Kyle Pitts just came straight out and was like, I'm not going to play. But if Trask doesn't, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it because that means we get to see Emery and see the future of the program and see what he's going to be looking like. At the same time, I would have a problem with it because this is your last year. This This is your last hurrah that you've been waiting on. So just go ahead and take it.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that, man. I, I don't like the trend. And, you know, I, I guess we'll we'll get we'll get to talking about that about the trend of people, you know, sitting out in bowl games and how you were saying like they don't uh matter as much. But let's go ahead and move on to the Chick Fil A Bowl. You got number nine Georgia versus number eight Cincinnati. Uh, Friday, eleven a.m. kickoff on ESPN. Georgia's coming in as a seven-and-a-half favor with the over-under set at 50-and-a-half. Um, so Georgia's been, you know, kind of coming on late, finally figured out who their quarterback is. Uh, don't really know the specifics of why uh, JT Daniels did not get to, uh, you know, really play throughout the year and everything like that. But, I mean – Their offense looks like it's kind of getting things together. And obviously, we know that they have a defense. And you're talking about two defensive teams going at it, Uh, Cincinnati and Georgia. We already know that Cincinnati can hang with almost any team that you're talking about uh, when it comes in passing and things like that. But like I've been saying, you're talking about power five group of 5. One thing that we do know is is the caliber of players. The caliber, how much they weigh, uh the measurables, all of that is a big jump from Power 5 and Group of 5. Uh this is definitely a game that I am very interested in seeing and I mean, this will I think that this game will let us know if the college football playoffs should be expanded or not.
1: I feel you on that. Uh, I do feel like it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Since Georgia has had so much turnover at the quarterback position, yes, they have came on, but at the same time, they don't have the same amount of chemistry that this Cincinnati team has right now. And Mm. I'm high on the Cincinnati team. I know you may not be, you're a little bit high on them, but you probably aren't as high as I am. Do I feel like they could beat? A Georgia Georgia, and a year like this and a down year for their program, I could say, I feel like they could. Will they? It's just up to them. And it just depends really on which Georgia team shows up. We're we're used to seeing the Georgia team that just goes out there and dominate. But, of course, as of this year, with all the quarterback turnover and everything that's happening there, I mean, I just don't know. I haven't seen enough of JT Daniels in Georgia's system. To fully put my faith in them. Yeah. So I feel like this could either be a blowout for Georgia or a shootout for Cincinnati.
0: And uh, for our fans, people, if you don't know, um, I do want you to know this Dewan Mathis, the quarterback who started the season, their freshman quarterback, has entered the transfer portal. So most likely he will not be back at Georgia. Uh, next year, which is giving me the assumption that I believe that JT Daniels will probably be coming back next year as well um, as Georgia's starting quarterback, which I think is going to be pretty good for their program. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl number 25 Oregon versus number 10 Iowa State. That's going to be a Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Iowa State coming in as a a four-and-a-half favorite with the over-under set at 57-and-a-half. And, And, you know, um, this Oregon team, you know, maybe started off not looking how we wanted them to and everything, but they had just got into their season. And we saw when uh, Washington went down because of, you know, being affected by the pandemic and things like that, they stepped up and went to the Pac-12 championship and then won it. You know, uh, I thought won it in an amazing fashion as well. Uh Solidified why Cristobal went ahead and got his extension. I mean, this is a team that Cristobal even said he was building it like an SEC team. Uh, You talk about defensive-minded team as well, and also being able to keep up on offense. Now, we saw... Iowa State, uh, Brock Purdy uh, last game, not having his best game. Uh, we also saw that um, deep, the opposing defense be able to slow down one of the best running backs in the nation in Brees Hall. And I think that that's something that Oregon can possibly do. So uh, if you're thinking that Iowa State's just going to roll on this team because, you know, they're the number 10 ranked team or something like that, only reason Oregon is uh, – 25, 25 is because they just haven't played as many games. That's the only reason.
1: Uh, I feel like this – I'm not going to say it's going to be lopsided, but I, I, from Oregon not having the amount of games to have that chemistry, that's going to be something I guess I'm going to talk about. That's going to be my point when it comes to all of these – Bowl games with Oregon not having the same amount of chemistry as Iowa State. I I'm I I it's gonna be a good game. I don't want to give away my pick because like you said, we're not right, we're not putting our picks on here. But I feel like that the 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 championship game was I mean once you're you you your energy is set up here, once something like that happens, of course it goes down because of the loss. But I feel like with Iowa State being as good as they are and knowing they are a pretty good team and really have a really good shot at winning this, mm-hmm. I feel like they'll come in with their minds in the right place. Oregon just has to not feed into the what the media says because I'm pretty sure once we sit down and the games get going, all of the media is going to pick against Oregon. They just need to focus in and do what they need to do because Crystal Ball has showed that, he can get these guys to, to buy into what he's saying and he can get them to play together and want to win. So this is another good game. I feel like this one's actually going to be a fight though, is how I feel about this. One.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm not saying, yeah. If you, if you think that I'm saying that uh, Oregon is just going to boat race, um, you know, I would say definitely not what I'm saying. Um, this is going to definitely be a, a, a great matchup. I'm very excited to see it. I just don't want you to go ahead in this, and uh, especially for my betting people sleeping on Oregon. Definitely go do your homework on this. Um, and for our uh, last New Year's Six Bowl, we got number 13, North Carolina, versus number five, Texas A&M, in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN, Texas A&M coming in as a six point favorite with the over under set at 68 and um you know this is for both of these quarterbacks this is kind of like the last game that they get to go ahead and show showcase what they have you know uh kellen munn looks shaky sometimes then you got mr jimbo fisher talking about you know uh we we deserve to be in the playoffs. is he too focused on you know Still fighting to get in the playoff even though it's already set? Or is he going to end up focusing on North Carolina and show us? We've seen Texas A&M not play well to, you know, down opponents like LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State. Um, I mean, we could also say the same thing about North Carolina. That's why they are 13 when they should have been actually competing for an ACC championship. But – this North Carolina team has been coming together and becoming stronger as the year has went on, and to closer to the end of the season. So this is going to be a very uh, intriguing matchup. For
1: sure, I feel like this is the game we will figure out. I feel like this will be the game where we figure out, or honestly. I'm going to say what I think. I feel like Kellerman is going to get exposed this game. So we're going to see if <laughs> Kellerman is at the actual quarterback. We're going to see if Kellerman is actually capable of, if he would have been capable of putting his team in the playoffs. Because no, North Carolina is not a playoff team. But like you said, they should have been competing for an ACC championship with a chance to compete for a national championship. And this, or, I mean, this North Carolina team ain't no slouch, despite what their record is, despite their rank. I'm not gonna say AM is a slouch either because they have weapons all over the field, also, but I just really feel like it's gonna come down to Kelimon and Sam Howell. Sam Howe versus Kelimon. This yeah. is the game, the game within the game. That's what everybody needs to watch when it comes to this game.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, a game I'm I'm looking forward to. And I think everybody uh, should be looking forward to. Again, our picks will be on all of our social media platforms. So make sure that you are following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you go on YouTube, make sure you hit the like and the subscribe button uh, to our channel. It'll help us out tremendously. We definitely appreciate all the support that we get and the love. And if uh, podcasts are more your platform, We definitely are on uh, Spotify, iTunes, all of your major ones. And if you go on Anchor, you can also um, have a little bit more interaction with us on Anchor by going to the voice message and sending us in voice messages. And we can check those and put your voice right here on the show and let you be part of the discussion. So make sure you're checking that out. Now, for what I like to call the meat and potatoes of the show. You know, the the bread and the butter of the show. You know, the college football playoffs is here, baby. It is what we've been waiting on. Uh, We got a number one matchup versus number four. uh, Alabama versus Notre Dame Friday, 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Alabama comes in at a 19 in a half favor with the over-under set at 67. Uh, again, I want to give my picks on this one, but I'm not giving my picks. Y'all got to check it out. Y'all got to check it out. Uh, Essex man, uh, what would be your keys to victory uh, for Alabama and for Notre Dame if they want to win this game?
1: Well, for Alabama, simply it would be to limit broken plays on the defensive side. And I'm not saying Alabama has a lot of broken plays because they're very sound defensively because obviously it's a Nick Saban team. We know Nick Saban for his defense. Right. But when I when I say limit broken plays, when Ian Book has all these big plays, they come on broken plays. Either somebody not filling the right gap or – Miss coverage or something, and then he will take off if he has the space or make a play. So that's what they need to do on the defensive side of the ball. And on the offensive side of the ball, I feel like all Alabama really has to do is just control the clock because we've seen what Notre Dame can do. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, Trevor Lawrence was out when they played Clemson, but we've seen that if you keep him in the game, they will continue to fight. So that's what I have to say about Alabama. And then Notre Dame, they have to try and take the page out of Florida's book and try and create mismatches. If they can't do that, it's going to be a really tough side on the offensive side of the ball. They also have to keep Ian Book up. If Ian Book takes a lot of sacks, which I'm thinking might happen because Alabama's defensive line is so good, they, can't, they won't get anything started. Their momentum will be shut down before it even really starts and gets picked up. And then they also have to gang tackle something I've noticed throughout the whole year. And especially in the Florida and the Florida Alabama game, them boys really out there scared to tackle Najee Harris. <laughs> so <laughs> if he get the ball, you got a gang tackle, Like right? It cannot be one person. It has to be multiple people to the ball because he is just so dynamic, so powerful that even if you do get one person to him, he can probably just shrug it off and keep going and get more more yards after contact. So we're gonna have to see, but I feel like it's gonna be an interesting game.
0: And what about uh um oh you already said uh Notre Dame? Did you talk about Notre Dame? Yeah, I apologize. yeah. Um, I I feel like um what Notre Dame has to do is Ian Book has to have one of his best games ever, um and. I think what they're gonna to have to do is is uh for Notre Dame, they're gonna to have to win the time of possession. Uh you you cannot, you know, uh, leave time on the clock, giving Alabama just all the time that they need um, to just blow you out. You just can't. And you have to minimize the big plays. That's what Mac Jones has been doing all season. That's what Alabama has been doing all season. That's why Devontae Smith is in that Heisman category because you just gotta you gotta limit the big plays. You have to. And for Alabama, I think their keys for success with Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a little bit of success in their first game against Clemson running the ball. If Alabama can shut down the running game and make Notre Dame one-dimensional and try to force Ian Book uh to to throw, that's definitely a way for uh Alabama to for sure win this game and then I think that they need to go ahead and get Najee Harris involved early you know don't don't worry about the deep passes don't worry about trying to you know put up all of these points right away and you don't have to show much just go ahead get Najee Harris the ball and we have seen like in the Florida game as you as you talked about um the defense has to be sound for Alabama uh, Dylan Moses he just he he you know he I'm not saying that he looks bad but he doesn't look like what we really expected. sometimes he's missing gaps missing assignments and I mean that might be something that Notre Dame can use to their advantage but they have to play sound defense and I mean you got two weeks to prepare so that that's how Alabama can go ahead and win the game uh, moving on. We will go to number two, Clemson versus Ohio State. Friday, 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Clemson is an eight-and-a-half favorite with the over-under set at 64-and-a-half And Vegas. Eight-and-a-half is a lot. I mean, this is a game last year, you know, uh, what, came down six points, what, 29-and-23, to 23 and There's been a lot of chippiness. You know, last week we was talking about, you know, Dabo was, you know, a little bit calm and and everything. But I don't know if you all saw this, but it's been trending. Dabo went ahead and is doing nothing but adding fuel to the fire, giving Ohio State nothing but bulletin board material, saying that they don't deserve to be in the playoffs, saying – that they are the 11th-ranked team. If I'm the coach, that's plastered throughout the whole locker room in Ohio State's locker room. In every player's locker room, you have to go. See, you're the 11th-ranked team. You're not number three. You're not in the top four. You know, uh, and then Dabo went ahead on ESPN and backed that statement up as well. Um, I just think that's crazy, man. I, I, I don't understand... There's already a revenge factor in this game because of what happened last year with the bad calls and the refs. You know, uh, why add any more fuel to the fire and give them any bullet-to-board material? Now, you could also say Clemson got a little uh, bullet-to-board material because uh, Ohio State's backup, one of the backup running backs in Demario McCall decided he was going to go on Instagram and go live and record – What's sacred in the locker room? Ryan Day talking about, I don't care who we face, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Alabama, Clemson, we're going to kick they A-double snakes, you know? And I just don't understand why why, why are you doing this? We all know the the locker room is sacred. Every player that has ended up like Antonio Brown recording Mike Tomlin, any player that has ever recorded what's going on in the locker room has gotten chewed out. Demario McCall, you possibly could have came back, you know, for next year, but they might not have you back after that. But let's go to my keys to victory. for uh, Clemson, the keys to victory is putting pressure on Justin Fields. We've seen uh, Justin Fields in the Northwestern game, in the Indiana game, when he has pressure, he forces turnovers, he forces the ball, and things like that. Uh, Also, Clemson, use the QB run. It worked for you last season as well. It's been working for you in uh, a lot of these games. Trevor Lawrence actually has some wheels on him. Uh, I will use that. And then I think that they need to get ATN the ball in space. What we've seen is, is ATN has been able to be stopped rushing the ball and held under 100 yards. Uh, we continuously see that throughout the season, even in ACC play, And I want to say it happened last year in the playoff game as well. Uh, I think that they just need to find a way to get the the man the ball in space because that's where he's dangerous, and that's how he hurt Ohio State last year. For Ohio State, Trey Sermon is coming on at later the year. He just continues to get better in his last couple games. Uh, They need to get the running game early. Do not try to force the ball with Justin Fields. Um, Let let the running game, you know, predict the tempo of the game as well. Also, when you're making plays and you're getting those first downs, I think that Ohio State, which I think that they have lacked for majority of the season, is using tempo and their advantage to get um, defenses unbalanced. You know, uh, you're allowing defenses to make substitution changes and things like that. Don't allow that. Don't allow these teams to be able to make adjustments, look to the sideline to figure out what's going on. The coaches might know what's going but the players on the field might not know what's going on. They need to use the tempo to their advantage. And Justin Fields has to be mistake-free. No interceptions. He can't do that. Can't have any fumbles. He also needs to be playing the best game of his, uh, of his life. Hey.
1: I agree with you because I'll go ahead and go into my points and I'll start with Ohio State because one of my points is the key to victory is Justin Fields and the offense. I mean, we know Justin Fields can get it done, but this year he's just been looking a little shaky. It's an off year. I'm not going I'm not going to hold it against him. And the offense has looked a little shaky. And then, of course, after the Big Ten championship game, for a second there, I was worried for y'all. <laughs> but then y'all got it together. But for this Justin Fields and that y'all's offense has to put a full four quarters together, a full game together. If y'all want to get out with this W also, I feel like they got to create turnovers. I feel like Clemson when they create a lot, when they're, when there's havoc being caused and Trevor Lawrence is not necessarily just Trevor Lawrence, when there's a lot of turnovers for Clemson, they just, I feel like they don't know how to handle it because they're used to things going their way and, having the momentum in game. So if you can disrupt their flow of the game by creating turnovers, it's just even more reason for y'all to win. And then limit big plays. Ohio's defense has been (laughs) – Ohio's Ohio State's defense has given up some big plays throughout the season, and no fault will I give to them because obviously you don't have that – chemistry and that communication between the back end and the linebackers and the D line. But if they can limit big plays, then they got this thing sold in the back. So, so Then Clemson, I feel like their keys to victory is controlling the trenches because y'all usually have a very good push up front y'all year in, year out. Y'all have somebody on that defensive line that can, is a complete game changer. will flip the game on his head if they need to. Y'all don't really have that this year, but y'all still get a pretty good push. If Clemson can control that push and set the line of scrimmage for themselves, I feel like they can just do whatever they want in the run game. Not necessarily do whatever they want, but be able to control their own run game and then also have a flawless game from Trevor Lawrence because, yes, he's looked good this year, but at the same time, he hasn't look like the Trevor Lawrence that we've seen from the past two years. So he has to come out and have a flawless game.
0: Now, see, I, I, I like to make this comparison. So last year in the beginning of the season, Trevor Lawrence did came out and was throwing the most interceptions he's ever thrown. You know, something that would just, but then he came on late in the season and started looking better. Um, Justin Fields is having that same issue. It is his second year as a starter. Um, and then like you were talking about in the trenches, man. Haskell Garrett, my biggest thing is, and I'm gonna say this: the refs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what officiating crew I'm hearing that it's gonna be a Big 12, but Big 12 still has ESPN affiliation. Uh I don't know. You could call me a conspiracy nut. We talk about this just about every week, me and my conspiracy theorists and all of this stuff. But, I mean, that's one thing that I'm definitely worried about is the rest in this game. But, like you were saying, I mean, and what a lot of people don't realize about Ohio State, like last game in that uh, Big Ten championship game, there were 20-plus players, multiple head coaches, and you're talking about the QB coach for Justin Fields, the wide receiver coach for those young wide receivers. So it was very hard for them to make adjustments without their (laughs) coaches. Right. Um, Which it looks like Chris Olave, uh, Justin Fields, number one target will be back. Uh, You know, he had the virus and all of that stuff, but I don't know. I think that that'll help Justin Fields be a little bit more comfortable, but, um, Earlier this week, you called me and was like, hey, did you watch the video on the big noon kickoff? And, you know, every morning I get up. Y'all wonder how I do it, but I do it. I'm watching uh, College Game Day, and I'm watching big noon kickoff. You know, like, that's what I do. I watch both of them at the same time. Um, Sometimes at, at, at certain points, I'm turning one volume up, the other volume down on that. But I like to watch both of them. Uh, I I I think Big Noon Kickoff is better. But you're talking about guys like Joe Clatt and Urban Meyer changing their opinions on the college football playoff and saying that it should expand. When you know before they were saying, hey, we shouldn't expand it. Um, go ahead and give your points on why the why you have changed your mind and started thinking that hey, maybe this should expand.
1: I mean, I would just first off like to say the the I would like six to eight if it were to expand. I'm cool with the four, but if it were to expand, I would like six to eight. I feel like 16 is way too many. Um, I feel like if the playoffs were to expand, it would give more variety with a lot of potential for some good matchups. I mean, uh, one of the main things I hear which I I understand is a lot of people are tired of seeing the same teams every year, year in, year out, which you can't blame them. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to go recruit. They're supposed to bring in the best players so they can do it year in and year out. But I can also understand how after a certain amount of time it gets – boring. It's real repetitive. You're tired of seeing the same thing happen year in, year out. I remember people would be like, well, it really don't matter at the end of the year because we all know Alabama's going to win. And I was just like, that's, that's like a loser mentality. And I don't really like that. I feel like if they expanded it, more opportunity for big games for people who probably wouldn't get that type of limelight for one. And then, like I said, potential for good matchups and maybe even some upsets. Also, another reason is every every Power Five conference would be represented, regardless. Regardless, every five every Power Five would be represented. You you always hear about how maybe this conference should get in, and why is this conference being left out, and all this and all that. If we expand, there would no longer be uh that that argument would be argument would be dead because each conference gets in, and then those I guess those final three you would just decide how that works because conference championship conference champions get in and then those last three spots are up for whoever is left if they do it at eight and then I also feel like players wouldn't sit out of bowl games as much because if they expand the playoffs obviously there's more you it, it'd be a playoff system so you'd have to play them through the bowl games maybe given one and two possibly some type of home field advantage. I don't, I'm still thinking about how that would work to myself, but I can see that also happening. But I feel like yeah, if they expanded the playoffs, players, key players wouldn't sit out. A lot of key players are like, oh, well, this bowl game really don't matter. It's not gonna help my draft stock that much. So and I could potentially get hurt. But that's with any game. So why sit out this last game, which is the last time you have with the, your brothers in arms who are out there giving it all with you. Those are just a couple of my points on if they were to expand the playoffs, why I think it would be a good idea.
0: All right, so I'm going to be devil's advocate right now. Um, and I'm going to say why. I don't think that it should expand. And you all have probably you know heard multiple times I say that it shouldn't expand. But I, I want to go off of, what you were saying and play devil's advocate with those points. You're saying players wouldn't sit out of bowl games, but think about it. If you expand it right now, if you expand it and you're talking about, you don't know if uh Kyle Trask or whatever is going to, but let's say you expand it to six or eight and then you don't make it. I feel like, I feel like then you'll have way more players sitting out way more because We didn't make it period play for what now you're talking about, you know, some of these players, Oh, they want to sit out. They're not going to help. their draft stock. I'll tell you a couple of players. I I don't remember their names. One of them was a running back from Michigan. He decided to sit out in the bowl game, you know, uh, protect his draft stock. And guess what? He did not get drafted at all. So, This is the thing, players. If you're you're not projected to go number one round, you need to play. That's that's just flat out because it's not safe. You're not safe. Your money's not guaranteed. Uh, Once you start getting first round and below the 20th pick in the first round, your money is not guaranteed, is not safe at all. Players have gotten cut from their own. I'm telling you, that's just how I feel. Um, I also think that, you know, it would it would diminish the bowl games, you know. How would you really be able to have all of these bowl games in a playoff system? You might end up having to go away from the bowl games. Um, and then I think expanding the playoffs to like maybe an 8 or 16, I think Coastal Carolina losing the Liberty this weekend showed everybody was vouching for Coastal Carolina because their resume was better than Cincinnati. And they was like, mm, Cincinnati should drop. Coastal Carolina should be up there. And if you're losing the Liberty in overtime, just imagine how that's going to be going up against Alabama, who's already favored by 19 and a half against the Notre Dame. I don't want to see a team in a playoffs. Favorite it and another team favored by 30 points. That's not that that that's not even fair. You know? Now, uh, what I also think that it would do is 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 it would diminish college football, period. I think the reason why college football is the number two most popular sport in America is because the regular season is the playoffs. We have we have not seen We have not seen a Power 5 champ out of their conference, all five of them, be undefeated. If we had that issue year in and year out, I would say, yeah, we got to expand it. We got to expand it to six. But we have not had that issue since it came out in 2014. We have not had that issue. So, like I said, man, the college football season, is the regular season teams are making these uh non conference games hard? Ohio State scheduling Oregon, Alabama scheduling Ohio State, uh, USC scheduling SEC teams. Like those are playoff games. If you win that game, you get to add that to your resume. And we're all freaking out during a time that was a pandemic. We didn't get any non-conference games. It's hard to match up conferences and teams this year, you know. So I I, I say pump the brakes on that. And also, I think it'll diminish rivalry games. Uh, I believe I talked to you about this. Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan go up against each other at the end of the year. Auburn, Alabama go up against each other at the end of the year, right? So Alabama, Auburn go up against each other at the end of the year. Then you turn around, and because of how the rankings come out, they have to play each other again? That makes no sense to me. That, to me, diminishes the rivalry game. Oh, we can lose the regular season. We just got to win the playoff game. I don't don't like that. I don't like that at all. You got a rebuttal. Uh I feel you, but who do
1: you know is out here telling their teams one loss is okay? Jimbo
0: Fincher. Because I'm – You asked who is is doing it. He he wild. Jimbo Fincher. He won't be the only one. And then I also say this. He wild. If you expand it to six or eight, let's say you expand it to six, seven and eight going to start complaining too, just like six and five is right now. You expand it to eight. 9 and 10 going to be complaining too. I mean, it's always, and I think that the drama is what makes it. If you want to beat Alabama, do what LSU did. They beat Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Michigan State got in the playoffs. Guess what? They beat Ohio State. Uh, 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 We we had, I'm sorry, but we had Florida State in there, right? Florida State was getting there. Guess what? and beat them. Destroyed their whole program. Destroyed it. I think Um, that's amazing. Oregon. You you
1: are right, but I'm saying I I feel like people just want a little bit more variety because, like you said, everybody's tired of – I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people who I guess teams aren't close or always getting left out or – tired of seeing Alabama Clemson Ohio State and then whoever's lucky enough to be the fourth team get in like people want to see some more variety I don't have a problem with it I feel like like I said I feel like it'll add a couple more interesting matchups but at the same do I do I not feel like what you're saying like uh, a coastal Carolina versus Alabama would I want to see that not really but if it Gives more variety and gives us a chance to extend the college football season. I'm all I'm all here for it. All right.
0: Let's let's what was it? Last week we had let, 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 let's look at the rankings. So we expanded to eight. Alabama and Cincinnati. By Vegas standards, Alabama's already a 20 plus favorite. Right now, Alabama at number one, Cincinnati at number eight. Right. I mean in and, and, and to be honest, the expanded playoffs this year, I could have been all for it because it's a pandemic. But then, I mean, I go back and and this is what I want to do. I want to go back and look at years past, you know, and we're probably hitting over our time. But I think that this is something that we should do. Um CFP rankings period because me and you had this conversation and we talked about it and I like to go all the way back. So let's just say, uh, well, we extend the playoffs to eight teams, right? In 2014, the number one team was Alabama. The number 18 was Michigan state. no, That's not an interesting matchup. The the number two team was Oregon with Marcus Mariota versus Mississippi State and Dak Prescott. No, I don't want that. Florida State undefeated versus a number six TCU. I don't want that. I just don't. I mean, and then I go to 2015. We go down the line. The 13 and 0 Clemson versus Notre Dame. We already know Notre Dame can't play on a neutral field in big time game. I want to say that was the year. That was the year that they went up against Ohio State and got smoked in the bowl game. Why? Why? Explain it to me. I mean, I- how is those how, how is those like- matchups And Ohio State got left out for a reason in 2015. They would have to match up against that Alabama team.
1: We don't know. Hindsight is 50-50. We don't know how the games would have turned out in the past. I mean, would I have wanted to see Marcus Mariota battle out with Dak Prescott? Honestly, yes, I would have. But we we two
0: different people. We already know how that game would have turned out. I'm going to tell you this. I'll put it to you like this. I told you that. In 2015, in that bowl game, Ohio State boat raced Notre Dame. Right, Ohio State right. didn't even know who their quarterback was. They didn't know if it was going if it was Cardell Jones, JT Bear. You try one of the most worst offensive performances with all of the talent that they had. It was one of the worst offenses in America. In America, you had a group of five offenses that was better than Ohio State then, and they still beat the crap out of Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, what I don't that's just my my point on it, man. Um, I, I went on my rant. You got anything else to say about the expanded playoffs? I mean, no, we sure. All right, man. Uh, let's go to NFL, man. We got to talk NFL. And everybody is on my boy, Dwayne Haskins. You know, he went to an event. There were strippers there and stuff like that. And yes, I understand that we are in a pandemic. But I also understand that... Dwayne Haskins is a young man. He's young. You know, he didn't stay his senior year in college, you know. And and I'm not just taking up for him because he went to Ohio State. I don't want to hear any of that mess, you know. I'm talking about these young players who get some money, who get in this celebrity limelight, and they want to see what it's about, you know. And let's I, let
1: let's, I feel you I let's don't be,
0: let's be I real. Get it not everybody is going places with a mask. Our, our put it to you like this. I get it. Our secret Santa Party. Did everybody wear a mask? Everybody
1: wore a mask there, yes, while we were all congregated together, no. No. But everybody wore a mask there, yes. Like to to enter the building, everybody yeah. had on a mask. And he took
0: it off. So he probably had probably did the same thing. But I asked uh, you this. Have you ever went to the strip club and and had a mask on while while some boobies was in your face?
1: I mean, I never I never had to. <laughs> I ain't never had to. But I I understand Dwayne is in the limelight. He is in. He is at a, a, a team that is in a drastic rebuild right now. They don't need any more negative press than what they're already getting, especially with all these, these cases that are pending on them. So I I get why people are unhappy and why they are acting the way they're acting because he, yes he is young. Yes he's just out there living life because that's what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, when you are and in the light that you're in, when you're in the position you're in, you're, you got to hold yourself a little bit to a higher standard, more accountability, because, you know, people are going, especially how your season's going, people aren't all in on you. People are going to look for a reason to be like, oh, see, that's why we don't need him. We need to get rid of him, things like that. But I, I completely understand where he's coming from. I, I think this whole thing is being blown out of proportion. But, I mean, he just has to use his head a little bit more.
0: I think James Harden was at the same event James Harden got a little flack, but I don't even think he's getting as much flack as Dwayne Haskins is getting. And he a vet in the game. He didn't live, he didn't got to live the limelight and all of that stuff. You know? And then I I, I even liked how how Harden handled it. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I was there to support a friend. It is what it is. I'm out.
1: I mean, hey, everybody. But when you, when you talk about that, James Harden is the the face of his of his franchise right now. Dwayne, we think he could be the face of, we think he could be the face of the Washington franchise, but obviously they don't uh, believe he, him. He,
0: he, uh, so I ask you this then. Has he did he just play his last game with the Washington football team today?
1: Potentially, it would be stupid of them to let him go, but potentially. Because of how they've been treating him, they obviously don't really want him like that or don't see him in the picture. So I can see this being
0: his last game, yeah. Yeah. He can come right on over to my Steelers. That's – put it to you like this. Dwayne Haskins is acting just like the franchise that he is in. Childish. Don't know what they are doing. I mean, they're – what what example is has that franchise set for him you benched the kid for no reason you put a quarterback in who had basically the same amount of time if not more time to prepare than haskins and his stats are nowhere near better than haskins they're both tied and you're a veteran so I mean, I mean I just think it's just, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like he's just not getting a fair shake, and they're looking for any and every excuse to just crucify this kid, man. And I just think that he deserves more of a chance. I mean,
1: we'll see. I'm sure there are plenty of teams that will, if he this is his last game, it's plenty of teams that will put in an offer to get him.
0: Well, that takes me on to teams that just got, Eliminated from the playoffs. And we got to talk about the Raiders sliding down at the one-yard line instead of scoring a touchdown and trying to focus, you know, use that for your defense. And then not only do you slide down, you end up taking a knee just to kick a field goal. And I thought that that was just crazy on what uh, happened with the Las Vegas Raiders um and how they lost that game I mean shout out to I want to say that was the Dolphins that beat them as well Tua ends up getting benched uh for the second time in a month I believe uh but I know one of my boys he's a Raiders fan or a couple of my boys is Raider fans I know they're sick but you just go and you you gotta score the touchdown man you just have to. Um, I, I understand uh the reasoning behind it, but at cer- at certain points, you just got to go ahead and score that touchdown. So you got the Las Vegas Raiders eliminated from uh from the playoffs. New England Patriots do not make the playoffs for the longest time. Um, I I don't. I don't know what to say. A lot of people are saying that, hey, this is proof that it's not. Everybody's saying that this is proof that it's not uh, Brady's fault, that it's Belichick's fault because Belichick was only making it to the playoffs because of Brady. And I'm not going to say that because, like I said, beginning, if you have been keeping up, the Patriots had the most players out of any NFL team to opt out of the season. And I'm talking about key players on the offensive line. You're talking about basically rebuilding with a brand-new quarterback trying to learn the system as well that was coming back from injury. Um, I'm not going to put that all on Belichick, man. I think the Patriots will be just fine. Yeah, they're eliminated from the playoffs. It is what it is. But guess what? They're going to be able to get some good draft picks too. Uh, you got anything on a, – on a, the Las Vegas Raiders or the New England Patriots that are completely eliminated from the playoffs now?
1: I will say that the whole Brady-Belichick thing doesn't really look too good, especially because Brady's in the playoff, Belichick isn't. But, well, Brady has a, a better chance of getting into the playoffs. But anyway, yeah, I don't feel like people should take it out on Belichick. Belichick has proved – year in, year out, that he is a good coach. Like you said, I'll reiterate what you said. They have a a lot of players out. This is a really strange year, but I feel like once things get back to to normal and players, the the key players that they are missing, come back, I feel like as much as I hate to say it because I despise the Patriots, I feel like they'll get back rolling and be back where they need to be.
0: So um, let's talk about, the wild card matchup and while I'm doing this I am trying to find out because I was rushing and I was on the road oh my goodness yes so the Colts are with their loss to the Steelers today are still in the hunt for the playoffs and you yeah. know why because they're battling the Tennessee Titans and what they need they I mean they they do need a lot of help because the Tennessee Titans owns the tiebreakers but they also need the Tennessee Titans to lose another game. Tennessee Titans got smacked by that man, Aaron Rodgers, today. So that kind of works in Indianapolis Colts' favorite. But in the AFC, you already have the Chiefs clinching, uh, and they get home field advantage. The Steelers clinched their division in the AFC North with a win and the Browns losing. And then you got the Bills have clinched their division as well. And – um I mean, in the hunt, you like I say, you got Tennessee Titans, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens. I mean, the AFC North is just stacked. Let's just be real about that.
1: The and AFC it, is stacked.
0: Yeah, I agree. The AFC is stacked versus the NFC. NFC just is easy. I mean, you got teams <laughs> that are six and nine that could get into the playoff. I I don't understand I don't understand that, but that's a topic for another day. And then you got, like I said, the Colts. And, I mean, I'm very excited to see. I think these are going to be some amazing wild card matchups. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. But right now, um, you got the Colts on the outside looking in. Let's look at the NFC uh, The NFC right now. You got the Green Bay Packers uh, clinched their division. New Orleans Saints clinched their division. And then you got the Seattle Seahawks clinch the division with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinch the playoffs. And right, like I said, you got the Washington football team in the hunt with a six and nine record. Uh, well, actually, is it six and ten? No, it's six and nine. And then you got the LA Rams with a nine-six record. And then you have the Bears. Right there now, the teams that are on the bubble you got the Arizona Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys with another six and nine record. I don't understand this. And then check this out the New York Giants. (laughs) Guess what their record is?
1: Um, Three and something,
0: five and ten, bro. (laughs) The NFC is trash, trash. I mean. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand this. I mean, I just, felt like, even the, the, even hearing that the Cowboys could make it, I just think it's kind of crazy. I know some uh, Cowboy fans that listen to our show probably going to be uh, hitting me in my DMs or on my texts, like, "Hey, man, leave my bo- leave leave my boys alone." But let's talk about um, the NFL draft order right now. Or do you have anything to say about the playoffs? I apologize. Uh I mean, other than the fact that
1: um, Phillip Rivers really cost my Colts, we would have been in there. We would have been in there today, Mike. We was talking about it. We would have been in there today. It really makes me mad. I don't like the way Phillip Rivers dropped back. I don't like the way he throws the ball. I just – I don't like his pre-snap calls. Like, I was I was excited to have a veteran quarterback, but now I'm regretting it because it's Phillip Rivers. Uh, oh,
0: don't blame Philip Rivers, man. The Steelers came back from a seventeen-point deficit, bro. I mean, where was the defense,
1: fam? Mike, on that final drive, I on that final drive, I watched Philip Rivers throw four straight passes, which should have been picked off. One of them did get picked off. No, two of them got picked off. <laughs> and
0: one of them, one of them cost us. You talking other about one. the final two drives, then?
1: Yes, and then one of them. The only reason
0: it wasn't picked off
1: was because they called pass interference.
0: Okay, I I'll actually take a little bit of pressure off of Phillip Rivers because I was watching the game, and one of your wide receivers did not commit to catching the ball because he was scared of getting hit. He actually backed off of catching the ball. It was actually even the analysts that were commentating the game was saying that was a pretty good ball. But you got a wide receiver that scared of getting hit. And he was under pressure. Like, that. that defensive line and the Steelers' defense started to get after Phillip Rivers. They weren't really getting to him in the first half. But that second half, he was not able to sit back in a pocket and be comfortable like he was in the first half. And then um, after the Steelers, you know, uh, after the Steelers get a stop right there instead of, you know, forcing y'all to get a safety or anything like that, right, they score in less than two minutes. Ben Roethlisberger, for the first time this season, hit a player in stride down the field, a deep pass. You're right. Yeah, I mean... So I, I, I can't put that all on me personally. I mean, you're a coach fan. I can't put that all on Phillip Rivers. But I'll tell you this. I think next season, y'all are definitely going to be a a team to watch out for. Uh, because you could tell he's still building chemistry with the players in the team. And then y'all will also be healthy from the injuries that y'all have had.
1: I mean, if he back next year, you got to remember he only owned a one-year contract.
0: Why wouldn't he be back next year? Who, y- who y'all going to get? Hey, I'm just saying. Okay, y'all going to get Sam Howell? <laughs> no, we got, we, got, <laughs> we
1: got Jacob Eastman just chilling right now, fam. We
0: trick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for people who are watching the podcast video, uh, yeah. I, I can't even take my boy serious right there. Let's go to this draft order right now. So, right now, the draft order... 1 through 14 is looking. Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, which they were just so happy to lose the game. I don't know if you guys were watching the game, but they were actually cheering when they started losing and the opposing team was scoring touchdowns. I just thought that that was crazy. Then you got the New York Jets uh, coming in at number two. Atlanta Falcons at number three. And here's the kicker. This could be the end of Matt Ryan's career. They're at number three. And you're talking about they could be picking up a quarterback. Because, really, is that all they're missing? Or is Atlanta just cursed? Uh, number four, Houston Texans, number five, Philadelphia Eagles, number six, Cincinnati Bengals to go ahead and put some uh, weapons around, uh, what's his name? Joe Joey Runaround. B. Yeah, Joey B. And, I mean, he he's already starting rehab on his knee as well, so – That looks good for Bingo's fans. I think that right there at that number six spot, you go ahead and get him some protection and get him one of the top offensive linemen, get him some protection in that that pocket. Uh, But you could also get a nice playmaker. You know, Devontae Smith is coming out this year. I mean, you know, wide receivers normally don't go that high, but he's somebody who could possibly go that high. Uh, Number seven, the Carolina uh, Panthers. Number eight, Denver Broncos. Got to get Drew Locke some weapons, man. Drew Locke definitely needs some weapons. Uh, I want to say the Carolina Panthers, they also need need some weapons. And here's the thing that pisses me off about the Carolina Panthers. They just started realizing that Curtis Samuel is a playmaker at the end of the season. Wow. Come on, guys. Uh, Got to do better. Uh, Number nine, the Detroit Lions. Number 10, the Los Angeles Chargers. Number 11, San Francisco 49ers. And I let, let, let's let talk about that right now. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, 11 in the draft after what they just did just a year ago. I mean, not not around, even in a playoff conversation.
1: Turnaround can hit you just like that. I mean, when you trade away DeForest Bunkner to you know, my coach, help us out, appreciate it. Um, when you trade away one of the key pieces to your defense, your defense isn't really getting too much younger and you have you're riddled with injuries. I could I could see why they dropped so far. I mean, and then we still don't know about Jimmy G. I still I still stick by what I said during the during when we led up to the Super Bowl. I feel like he's just a game manager. He can't win you a Super Bowl. So
0: Man. Bill Belichick would disagree with that.
1: I'm not worried about what Belichick got to say.
0: <laughs> that was his guy, man. That's how that's why him and Tom Brady fell out. But uh at number 12, you got the Minnesota Vikings, number 13, New England Patriots, and number 14, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I don't know. I mean, wow, you're talking about a team that has been in the playoffs. You know, I mean, what what do the Raiders do from here? How do they get better? Because it just seems like each year, Derek Carr is just really not that guy. I think he's it's- regressing each year. He
1: is, I feel. I mean, and this is the thing. They got Mariota in the offseason, so we were both thinking they were going to do something with him and didn't really see anything from him. So it's, it's, they they have a, a multiple ways they can go. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their pick.
0: Honestly, we got to see a little bit of Mariota, uh, what was that, last week, I believe. And – I messaged one of my friends and said, hmm, do y'all got y'all a new quarterback? Because right now, I'll take Mariota over Derek Carr. One thing I know what Mariota is is he can use his feet.
1: I mean, you're right. I, it's just I don't I don't really understand what John Gruden is doing, honestly. I mean, you let your, your best player on the team go as soon as you get there and Khalil Mack. I mean, I understand you you're making space, I guess. But I'm pretty sure he's regretting that because Khalil Mack could potentially have won them a couple of games. So I don't know.
0: Yep. I agree, man. Uh man, this has been an amazing show. Um, man, we hit y'all with a lot of information. We also went over our uh hour mark, but I want to thank you all for watching the fans edge and uh being a part of this. Again, make sure that you are following us on all of our social media platforms. Uh and make sure we, whenever you miss the show, you don't have to miss it. We are available on all podcast platforms as well with Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and if we aren't on a podcast platform that you like uh listening to, just let me know. We can make that happen. But be looking out for our pics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming this week, uh, there is a bowl game on Tuesday. We already have our picks, pick and everything, just really wasted, waiting for me to post them uh, the day. I'll probably post them the night before. So that way when you wake up in the morning or you can check them out that night. Uh, and and that way some, some things happen. You know, we're in a pandemic. So things happen, players might be out, and that way we can go ahead, fix, edit that type of stuff. But we appreciate y'all watching. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all night, man.